Hey, one fans, Andy here. We're going to Cisco Live, and we can't wait to see you there. If we see you wearing an A1 or Cables to Cloud shirt at Cisco Live, we'll enter you in our giveaway that includes a bunch of cool prizes like an A1 branded Yeti cup and an OCG of your choice from our friends at Cisco Press. Don't have a shirt? No problem. Head to the link in our bio and grab yours today. See you soon. This is the Art of Network Engineering podcast. In this podcast, we'll explore tools, technologies, and talented people. We aim to bring new information that will expand your skill sets and toolbox and share the stories of fellow network engineers. Welcome to the Art of Network Engineering. I am AJ Murray at No Blinky Blinky. Feeling good to be back in the hot seat. Yeah. We, we recorded an episode last week, unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties once again. Uh, we will not be able to release it. We'll just have to re-record it. But I digress. Uh, fresh in Seattle, Lexi, how are you? I'm chilly, but I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> just just off the moving here. truck. <laughs> yeah, I just jumped off like three days ago. Um, barely unpacked. Just managed to get sort of a setup going on here. So I'm happy to be back. It would have been funny if you had stacked all of your moving boxes behind your chair like you had just I unpacked. Should have. Get all that moving sympathy, milk that cow for a while. Yeah. Those assholes are making you record a podcast after you just look, unpacked? Look, the move, the move. You haven't even unpacked yet. The move was totally real and not a lie, but it's been a great like way to be like, sorry, I can't. I'm moving. Moving the next like What's four the first weeks. thing you unpacked? It was your computer, wasn't it? Um, oh, yeah. There are both of our, but my partner and I, we were both like, all right, first things first, desks, PCs, go. <laughs> so so this, this my office yep. is like the first thing that came to fruition for me. <laughs> then the bed, you know, so. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Mr. Laptef in the house. Andy, how are you? Good evening, Mr. Mary. Well, and you, sir. <laughs> Lumberjack Andy, how much longer is the beard hanging out? You're looking pretty... Uh, I might jump through the camera if you keep it up. Hey, <laughs> Making me blush. Uh, well, I'm going to the mountains next week with my dad, so I can't get rid of it then. Oh, I have to, okay. Gotcha. I gotta... You know, yeah. I gotta... Anyway. Gotta look the yeah, part. I'm, I'm good, man. Um, job is intense, but good. Learning a lot. Both kids are home this mm-hmm. week with COVID, mm-hmm. so that's been fun. <laughs> oh, boy. I, Everybody's oh fine, but you know, uh, good, good. as it was in March of 2020, when everything shut down in PA, the kids are home, we're busy at work and my eyes twitching. <laughs> Get out of my office, kid. Go watch TV. <laughs> but no, I have the full support of it. It's, it's really nice that what, what's different here is they're like, you know, take care of your family, do what you got to do. Like we understand you can't make calls yeah. and stuff. So that, that, that's different than, you know year and a half ago so anyway life is good crazy the usual but i'm happy to be here yeah. excellent well we're glad you're here we're glad the family is safe and soon to be healthy Amen. again <laughs> i had uh, i myself had a boomerang trip down to new jersey on monday <laughs> i went down in the morning and back in the evening that was I interesting that. and fun uh, yeah yeah i showed up to do a staging aci uh project and unfortunately the customer was misinformed by one of their subcontractors and they were not ready for me to stage it. So I had no need to stay there. <laughs> so was there like no cabling there? Like what, what, 
like you just couldn't do what you had to do? The gear wasn't there. Can you not even oh, say? Well, the, the gear, the gear was there. Um, unfortunately, because of all the lead times and stuff going on, they, they had to borrow some gear to get this, you know, yeah. going. Uh, but some of the gear was very badly damaged, mm. um, like to the point where I'm not sure if you're we're going to be able to put SFPs in the front. Wow. Uh, and uh, one of them was a Nexus 9K and it wouldn't boot properly because it couldn't detect the fans. And it would just, huh. you know, after it's trying to boot, it would shut down and say, nope, nope, no fans can't do this. <laughs> so fall off the back of the truck. I, I have no <laughs> idea. It, was, it lived a very rough <laughs> life. I mean, it's like. Like if you're walking through like a downtown part of the, some big city where you are and you look down an alley, it looked like one of those oh, people, that, you know, that kind of just switch had just a, had a very, very rough switch life. Switch had a hard paper out. Huh? <laughs> it did. It did. It did. <laughs> but I, I digress. <laughs> so happy to be home. Uh, I, I thought I was going to be in Secaucus, New Jersey tonight and miss this recording. So I'm very happy. Well, to be keep here. it. Keep in mind. Glad you're here. Keep in mind. In not too long a time, you and I will be seat buddies. On a plane. Oh, buddy. I know. I can't oh, wait. I, know. I can't wait. We've never met. Now oh, we're going to sit on a plane fun. for hours. I hope we like each other. <laughs> <laughs> be awkward. Wait, are y'all next to each other on the plane? Where are you going to be? Yeah. Yeah. So, so are you Andy, all next to each other? We were, we were booking flights to go to Asheville. That's going to happen here. I knew you were and, on the same flight, but and that's And he's great. just like, my plane gets into Asheville at 1130. I'm like, dude, so does mine. Like, what flight are you on? <laughs> like, oh my God, we're on the same flight. Yeah. What seat are you on? He's like, 12B. I'm like, oh my God, 12 is open. Hold on. <laughs> I'm so excited. But yeah. That, that's pretty much Precious. exactly how that conversation we might we, we might hold hands. I don't know. I'm really excited. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe take lots of selfies. Oh, we will. We will get us get it while I'm on my like three stop plane ride. Because <laughs> apparently, <laughs> see, nothing goes like one you know one way to or zero stops to Asheville from, from Seattle. Seattle. No, unfortunately, not. Sad. No, not from Seattle yeah. anyway. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's get into some wins and get this episode started. Andy, can you give me a goat screen? <laughs> <laughs> All right, winning in our Discord channel this week is Zen ET. I probably screwed that up, but congratulations for passing your Enterprise Wireless Design Exam and completing your CCNP Enterprise. Whoa. Robin Canella passed awesome. the CCSP, the Certified Cloud Security Practitioner from ISC Squared, I believe. Uh, Hubastank Pilgrim passed the OSEP. And then uh, Cisco Boy 906 started their first position as a network engineer intern. Congratulations. Nice. Cisco Boy. Uh, Jordan is now a technical advocate for NS1 representing Netbox. That's yeah, huge. that's awesome. Congratulations, cool. Jordan. Congrats, Jordan. Uh, Freeman Ed Tech passed the Aruba Certified Mobility Associate. Congratulations. New Patreons join us this, joining us this week is L Michael, Levi, and Sprague. Thank you so much for supporting us here at the Art of Network Engineering podcast. If you're interested in joining our Patreon program and joining us while we live stream and record these episodes, you can go to patreon.com forward slash art of NetEng. Check out our different options. Join away and hopefully we'll see you here in the chat. Now, I am very excited to welcome back to the show this week, Tim McConaughey and Brittany Musset. Thank you so much for joining us. I think this is the first time we've had two guests on at the same time. Ooh. Is this the first I believe one? so. You know? I believe so. I think you're what right, what better two cool. guests to have back? <laughs> I agreed. <laughs> yeah. 
even though we've had you guys back on the show, can we do some quick introductions for anybody who oh, has yeah. it? Because it's been a while since you've both oh, been on. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Brittany, I, yeah. I, <laughs> Brittany, can you please introduce yourself for our guests? Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm Brittany. I'm in Houston, Texas, and I've been a technical recruiter for almost five years now. Um, I've placed about, I think, 175 people in, in tech jobs over the time and have unfortunately had some um, failures. I've seen many feedback come from interview processes, negotiations, and everything around tech. Excellent. And I think it's important to note that you a lot of the people that you have placed are not just in tech in general, in network engineering, correct? Yeah, network engineering, Cisco predominantly, some Juniper there, Andy. Um, <laughs> then we've also um, anything all infrastructure, systems, cybersecurity, so heavy on your hardware. Very cool. Hardware Very cool. Well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Tim McConaughey, I'm so glad to be talking to you again because you have recently started a new position. So I'd love to hear how you're doing and how the new job is going. Uh, yeah. So Tim McConaughey, um, I now work at Aviatrix, which is a cloud-native, secure cloud networking uh, company. Um, so within the last, what, week and a half. So yeah, I started about a week and a half ago. Uh, it's going pretty well. Uh, I went to Dallas for our sales kickoff. <laughs> so like mon Monday I started and they were just like, can you be in Dallas by Wednesday? <laughs> so I, I booked a flight <laughs> to Dallas. On Welcome aboard. And uh, I just got back. Yeah, thanks. Right. Exactly. Uh, and I got, I, you know, I came back on Friday. So um, this week I've been hammering out the labs. They give us a huge cloud lab, uh, all the cloud providers. I've got an account with all the cloud providers. I'm just, it's awesome. Nice. I'm loving it so far. Tim, let so, me give you a tip. Uh, yeah. Don't leave the labs Here's running in the cloud. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, Turn them I'm off. not that guy. Hey. We, we get the emails. We get the emails. Uh, uh, right. Please turn Have your you labs off. you set up billing alerts, sir? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah. It's been, it's been good. It's, awesome. it's been good. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's, I, I agree with Andy. Why don't we start with you, you get hit up on uh, LinkedIn or, you know, wherever by a recruiter, they, they think you're a good match for a position. Now let's, let's talk salary. Is the position even within the range where you want to be, is it going to be worth your time to go through this process? Um, where, where do we begin there? Before I go yeah, off, I, I would say usually, go ahead. Oh, go well, ahead, before Andy. I go off on a rant, on why that makes me nuts. Maybe it's good to hear from a professional recruiter on maybe what's behind that question. Why, why? It, so it's, it's, it's a sales yeah. type position, right? So why is a recruiter qualifying the candidate in, in the first communication is, is I guess what my question would be. Right, Brett? Yeah. And honestly, the response varies between if it is an internal recruiter, someone that is, you know, just strictly HR and doesn't say that they're placing, you know, people all the time for network engineers, like, like, my profile clearly says on LinkedIn, you know, you would, you would approach me much differently than you would internal someone at a big company. And that's mm -hmm. due to, you know, even burning bridges or, you know, things that some people may or may not be able to say. Um, one huge thing to note too, with external recruiters versus internal is that external recruiters, I could represent you know, 15 different clients that all have different jobs that you could be good for. And I could have you 15 interviews at a time. So, you know, that's that's going to be a lot different than someone at just XYZ company. They're only ever going to have positions for you at that company. Right. So you want to be a little bit more careful about that. You know, like when I'm speaking with when I reach out to people and if someone says, hey, I don't want to work for that company, 
I was like, okay, who do you want to work for? And then we can, you know, talk a little bit more about like, what are you looking for on the money and, and negotiate around there. So your response to an external recruiter can be different and that can go elsewhere. Now with internal recruiters, I would say you don't want to necessarily be blunt, like I need this right away. Right. Cause you do kind of want to keep some doors open. Um, so, I mean, how would, I guess we can go around what bothers you the most. Is it the external recruiters reaching out to you for relevant jobs and they're not, not even right? Or yes. how do you respond to internal? Yeah, I, I yeah. think that's fair, Always. right? That's my biggest complaint. Just the, the yeah. flood of, I made the mistake of like, I don't know, last year at some point of like putting my resume on one of those sites that's, you know, I'm looking, I've, a job search site, I you guess. I did not use Monster. I'm not going to say the site. I did not use Monster, Tim. <laughs> I dare you. But yeah, I made the mistake. I made that mistake and I regret it so badly because even after deleting like everything off of it, I, I finally deleted my account. You know, finally, I should have done it a lot earlier, but like I was getting flooded with just bullshit just jobs that had nothing to do with me basically or just like tangentially related to what i've done yeah that's annoying yeah. but that's my fault <laughs> <laughs> um it, it is annoying i mean i've gotten reached out for recruiters asking me to be a network engineer you know it's it's insane and i'll, I'll go and ask you know who's your client so i can try to go find out about the role and actually find the talent you know but <laughs> it's it's just it's just people at the end of the day Sneaky. it comes down to that and I would get, I get so annoyed. Like I, I call cold call people all the time. If I, Lexi, if I saw your resume on whatever, not monster last year and I not saw monster. your number, I'd have called. Yeah. Not monster.com. <laughs> I would have called you, you know, because I'd be like, she looks great for this job. Hopefully you would have thought same relevant. Right. Um, and that's coming from me who doesn't answer random numbers, hate spam calls. And you know, that's what I do. And I'm expecting you to answer. Um, so I, I went off, off top topic there. I don't know what my point was. Well, you <laughs> Hang on, because I do want to make a, just a quick comment on that, Brittany, because you you said that like you'd see somebody's resume and I assume you would actually read it at least a little bit to make sure it's relevant, right? Okay, so yeah. yeah. Some recruiters obviously don't do that. I know you do, but like, yeah, that's annoying. But um, the fact that you would, I assume you'd call and then I would screen the call because I screen every single call that I ever get um, <laughs> and you'd leave a voicemail, right? Like, hey, this is so, and this is Brittany from such and such company and you know we have a client looks like you'd be a good fit for this position let me know if you're interested is that kind of like how it goes i assume yeah in in a way i'll leave a voicemail people hardly ever do that Mm -hmm. and then um i'll follow up with the email and then a linkedin message and you know what has even changed over when i first started i would never give people rates right away because we're seeing it now what are we in the great resignation right now that we keep seeing on linkedin every day um People, tech talent are the hottest thing in the world right now. I think I saw like 1% is unemployed. That's it. So now like it's you guys, I need you to give me the time of the day. So I would never put my rates or my salaries on the initial email or whatsoever. I've also gotten confident in the fact that I do read resumes and know who I'm reaching out to are relevant. So I will, you know, I will write like now the past year, I put the salary, I put the budget, I put the rate that I have in the email and my response rate, it goes up, you know, Absolutely. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising. And it's just because you want to see that info. One, you know, it's not a waste of time. My, my emails are not fluff. It's not, it's not, Hey, you're impressive. It's, Hey, 
I saw your resume. I say where I got your contact info, got this job title, because you'll know senior, whatever, admin, whatever it is, um, rate, location, salary. And it's I, yay or nay from there, right? Like people can say, is this a waste I have a of question, my time Britt. or not? Um, and, and we'll probably get to leaving money on the table a little later. But my understanding, and I don't know if somebody told me this or if I read it, but are there certain recruiters? I mean, I'm guessing they're external and I don't know if it's a per company basis, but would they get the difference between the max rate and what the client accepts? Meaning that the, I've always wondered what's behind that question. How much do you want to make so early on? Because let's say the the company that comes to you and says, I need talent. And they say, my max budget is $50 an mm-hmm. hour. And then it would be if I'm wondering if recruit, like I, and I don't expect you to tell me this because it's none of my business, but at the same time, I don't know how recruiters are paid because if you can get mm-hmm. the talent to come in at the lower than max rate that's on the contract or that the person looking for the talent agreed to, my understanding is they get the difference. So if you get somebody to come in at 40 an hour, that recruiter gets $10 an hour for the length of that contract because they got the Delta. Now, now I don't know if that's true. I don't even know if I can even ask you that because I don't want to like besmirch your reputation in the community either, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you're good. And honestly, it is a case by case or business by business um, thing. It just, even in my company, we'll have different, I guess, terms or whatever with clients or agreements. Like there's some, you know, as a 10 company or a 10 man company who just needs a network engineer, you know, once every five years, right? We may have a higher um, like terms for you pay us this percentage off of whatever their base salary is if we find the talent. And a lot of times they'll even be like, they need, um, they'll be terms to where they have to be in that role for three months or, you know, we pay you the money back or replacement guarantees. Um, so it is external recruitment is a sales business. Like it essentially is. But if, if you're you paid on commission, way, meaning a percentage of placements. my pay, then it would behoove you to get me a mm-hmm. higher rate. But if you're paid the difference between the, t- you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and for the engineer who's on the other side of yeah. the table, you, you don't know. And maybe it's because I'm cynical and maybe it's because I used to sell used cars and I know how things can be, but <laughs> I, you know, and it is, it's good to be cynical like that. And you'll probably know from selling used cars, the people that cut those or make those big margins or, you know, are, are constantly cheating people out. They don't last. They're not the best. It's, you know, they don't always have the best clients or even the best stock, right? Like they're, you know, it's just the cream will always rise to the top. And it's... Let me, let me ask it differently. Know, like, have you ever heard of a recruiter getting paid more to bring in somebody to lower rate than... Uh, yeah, okay. absolutely. That's how it's, I should have asked horrible. it. Even contracts, contract work, work, I would say more. I've heard horror stories of people, you know, having a bill rate of like $200 an hour. And then the person doing the work is only getting paid like what, 70, right. 65 an hour, which is still great. But it's like, who, why is someone else getting all now, of that and, money? And, and, and to me, <laughs> like, that's the that whole going? crux of, of this conversation is when you negotiate your salary, you only get one shot at it. And depending on how much time you're at that job, you're stuck there because once you're in a company, I've never seen anybody get a big pay jump within a company. I, maybe it happens. Ac- not without going. Okay. Away yeah. Right. Like, right. Maybe you go to yeah. sales and like, oh, now you got a nice salary structure or something. But I can tell you Comcast when I was a cable guy who went to the knock, mm-hmm. it was an internal recruiter and she gave me a number and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then a week later, it's like, well, I talked to HR and we can't give you more than 10% more than you're making now. Like, yeah, <laughs> the old right. cat, HR cat. But it's a thing, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's so important. I mean, yeah, we get skilled up and we get our certs and we get, you know, we try to figure out how to be valuable um, in the market. 
But man, you, you really got to learn how to get the most because you only get one shot. And I'll be honest with you, my experience, and maybe it's from my sales background, but I've negotiated some really nice salaries now. The downside of that is I think the higher salary you command, my experience has been it's it's proportional to the stress that you're hit with when you go into that place. Like, I don't know if the junior network people, they're giving the amount of responsibility. Like if you get senior network engineering money, no. <laughs> All right. They're, they're. I, can, I can answer that. Uh, no, uh, no. <laughs> if you're coming in, well, okay. Let me just back up for a second. But yeah, when I was hired as a junior network engineer, load, you know, in in a knock as my my first you know networking position, um, I, the pay was amazing for me because I was working at like a I was not working at a livable wage prior to that. Okay, but um, realistically, for for like you know, somebody in a senior role, um, it was not, it was nothing. So, um, when I got hired on board for that position, my responsibility increased over time, but, um, I was like swapping out cables for a while before, you know, for like a year before I could get anything like real substantial. But if so, you stayed there for 10 years and climbed yourself up to an architect, I don't know if you'd get like a 40% bump. You know what I mean? Like, nope. Yeah, your pay rate nope. would not have been as high as if you'd come out the Absolutely street. Right. Like, you have architect. to leave. And that's unfortunate, right? Like, they say it's hard <clears throat> to find talent and then retain talent. And <clears throat> I don't understand. I know we're kind of going off topic a little bit and we can move that it never back happens to recruiting. Here. I'm sorry, but like <laughs> it, <laughs> it frustrates me so much that companies for whatever reason will not invest in their own people uh, as readily as they will outside talent. I don't understand that. Like I, I was just talking to a former coworker who is more than qualified for like a, a senior management position. And this person like they're they're making this person jump through hoops to just even get a recommendation mm. for an interview. Like ridiculous hoops. Like you have to have people in like five other yeah. departments give you a letter of recommendations. Like okay, but they don't even know what networking is. So why, you know, like how are you? Companies are cheap, and so once you're I, in the I, door, they they got you. But you know? but if you're gonna hire someone on double, triple, quadruple the salary from outside your company, I don't yeah. understand the benefit of that. If you're going to pay someone that huge salary, pay it to somebody who knows your system and like processes and maybe you've wants already to invested stay. all that money in. yeah you have to repay that time for cost on everything with training a new employee yeah exactly it's wild you, you know it's anyway, you know what's also it's interesting to me is where you are in your career journey i think has a lot to do with your level of confidence during the negotiation when i was trying to get my first network engineering job i would have taken anything because the hardest hill to climb was getting that first networking job yep. that first network engineer title and yeah, that's true. And I did, right? The, the the ISP I was at, they 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 paid under market when I was in the field, they paid under market when I was in the knock, but I, I got that. So and and I think that's Tim, we were talking earlier in, in our Discord, that's how this whole thing came up was I think it was a person starting out, right? Like looking for their first job and hey, I had a conversation and you know, they asked me what I want to make and I have no idea because I remember being new and I remember being afraid to ask for too much because I don't want to I need the job, right? And I've been on, I mean, I had like two or three dozen phone interviews, like phone screens that never went any further when I was a cable guy with my CCNA, right? So, oh my God, the 37th call, somebody's talking about money. Like I'll take anything, get me that first job. And I feel like a certain amount of recruiters can use that to their advantage and, and, and know that. And again, not knowing how their payment 
structure is set up, you know, that, that may, it may be advantage, you know, advantageous to them, but you know, then the, the later in my journey I get, I, I, I kind of know how to, so anyway, I, I guess, I guess what I'd like to say is when, what, what I do, right. I don't know if we're at that part yet, but I just want to say it cause I'm yapping is when someone asks me, Hey, you're this perfect fit. Uh, I think you'd be great here. I love everything you're doing. What are you looking to make? I say something to the effect of, well, I don't know enough about the job. I haven't met the people I'll be working with. I haven't met my manager. I don't know the culture. All I have is a job description, which I know doesn't really tell the whole tale. So I don't have enough information right now to give you that number. I need to see the total benefits package, how much paid time, you know, you can get into all that stuff. What's the 401k match, right? So I tell them, I don't have enough information right now in the first five minutes we've talked to give you my number, but I know that you have a job rec tied to a budget with a range. So what's the range? And I think that's here's the sales trick. The next person who talks loses. It's a trick as old as time, but the next because if you're if you say that as the as the candidate, and then there's silence, and then they don't say anything, and then you just start talking, you're gonna talk yourself out of money. So it, it's it's a closing trick, but you say what that, that's what I say. It's worked every time. You say what you say. You call them out and say you have a wreck, you have a budget. You tell me, and then you shut up and you do not talk. The other person will start talking if they don't give you. And here's what's happened to me twice in my career. When the person started talking, the numbers were out of this world. I never would have asked ever for what they paid me yeah. in fintech. I, I I didn't have that level of confidence and I didn't know the market demanded that rate, but they started talking and I was like, oh my God. And I got like a 93% raise from the ISP to fintech. And then when I talked to a vendor, the same thing happened. They asked me the question. I gave the answer I just told you. They started talking and I blacked out momentarily. Couldn't, couldn't <laughs> but, but this is true. And then when I came back to consciousness. Couldn't they just yeah. lie? Couldn't they just pick a number in the middle of the range and tell you that that's Well, here's the my ceiling, point. They though? could. But if I answer the question, how much are you looking to make? I never in a million years would have asked for what they offered. Because I didn't think my skill set was worth it. They, they know they know what the range is, right? They're withholding right. data from you, and that is a tactic in negotiation. <laughs> I, right? Because I, there's I, a benefit purpose, to them, right? Tim, like, there's a benefit to withholding the information. Do you actually? Go ahead. How often is it that recruiters are just like, "No, I'm not telling you," because I've when people ask me, I'm just like, "Okay, no. here, like, I have what one. it is." Like, do you get into the like often? Like, oh, I, had one. I had one. I had one. I did the I did the thing, Andy. I did the thing because I think we had talked about this. I had one who was like, at least to me, it seemed very clearly like he was just sort of like thinking on his toes. What is like something in the middle of the salary range? I am like fairly confident that I was not. Yeah, I'm not happy how that went down, but we didn't get to really talk at length about it. But well, I didn't know, but I I agree with what I I agree with what you're saying. It's it's yeah. fine. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to tear down your no, strategy. No, no, you're good. It's a good well, strategy I'm, and definitely worthwhile. I, you know, um, I, but go ahead. it's um, tricky out there. <laughs> and, and one thing to note too, I've, I've had clients who will tell me a range, you know, so let, let's just say 120 to 140. And I'll tell cli- or can, candidates that, and I'm not lying, truth, you know, swear on anything. The client told me that. And then they'll get an offer of 135 and candidates like Brittany, you said, they said, you know, 120 to 140 oh, was the range. <laughs> And I'm like, well, they they did <laughs> right. tell me that, you know, 
and that's when we can we can go back to how do we negotiate around you know what they said the range was you know or you know maybe there's a sign-on bonus we can get in there too so it's it's sometimes it really comes down it comes down Go ahead. I think I'm lagging. <laughs> Go ahead, um, It does come down to each each individual person too, which I'm sure like you can always tell like what your connection is. Do you have the rapport? Are they BS and you are not like you. You can kind of tell. If anybody right? hears, yeah. if anybody hears anything skills. I said in this episode, never give your number, and I'll stand by that. Never give your number, Tim. Uh, you can take so the, the opposite view. Go ahead, AJ. So, we, no, no, yeah. not at all the opposite view, Andy. I, there is absolutely merit to what you say. Um, what I, what I would, uh, I never is a big word. I, generally, I would say anyway. <laughs> but, but, but what, what I, what I, the reason I don't 100 percent agree with that is because um, you know you can just end up looking obtuse if you're just like putting your foot down, stomping your foot, and saying, "I will just never but say they have a range, what like, like you said. They're instead. playing a game with you, so why should I be? No, no, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And if they won't give you the range, honestly, we're already on bad faith <laughs> right. arguments anyway, right? Yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. already in bad faith that right. they won't talk to you about a range in the first place. So, yeah, yeah. so having said that, right? So if somebody says like, "What's your number?" My comeback is not like I'll, I'll I will not cement myself to a number. What I'll say is, you know. That's going to depend. It's kind of, you kind of said it yourself, right? It's going to depend on what the uh, what the requirements are for the position, what the team is like, what uh, the total compensation. I say that a lot. Like, I, it really depends on what How the total compensation call, is. Right? What is the four? I've been on teams where I was on call every third week. You know, right? And, and yeah. what is my work life balance going to look like? And so, if you're asking, if you absolutely will not move forward until I say some number, I'll throw <laughs> a number out you, but I, I'll let you know that that number is. <laughs> you know, almost worthless until we talk about total compensation. So that's where I leave that one. I wouldn't say never because there are, I've run into recruiters that take it as a, uh, as an insult, not an insult, but like they just, they, they, they're like, they, they, they treat you like a child. Like, you know, you have to tell that's me some number conversation. Or, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> and, that's, seen and, and that's why the, the, yeah. where you're at in your journey matters because if you're new and you're desperate, you're not going to have that confidence to go, dude, if you're going to play this game with me, then there's nothing else we need to talk about. Because if you stand people up on bullshit, yeah, absolutely. they'll usually be like, ah, it, you know, recruiter, my bad. They generally should be trying to help you find a role as well. If And I've, one thing I thought of too, Andy, when you mentioned like, how do we get paid um, for direct hire placements? Like, so a full-time like salaried role, we don't get, nothing comes out of, the salaried person's pay, right? Like you're not losing anything and it's, it's always going to be the same percentage. So from that perspective, the recruiter is actually motivated to go get you a right. higher salary. But isn't it mostly that, contract to hire? I feel like can, everything's contract to hire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what I was going to say is where they can really get creative or sketchy is on the right. contract side. Um, but that you'll be able to tell, like you go with your gut for the main, if this person seems slimy and they are, you know, or maybe it's a good job and you think it could go somewhere and you do get the job, bring it to your favorite recruiter, Brittany, and she can, and you, you know, put you, you just reminded me, Brittany, like you're so good uh, at what you do, right? When I looked you up, when you, when you came, when you came up on my radar, you were involved in the community, you were posting useful things. I mean, you were like posting articles on like how to negotiate salary. And like, so you were creating value, trying to help people. And I was like, oh, wow. Cause that's rare. Right. And, and even the guy who placed me at, yeah. at FinTech, yep. it, it was the same kind of thing. He spent like an hour and a half on the phone with me, our first conversation talking about like helping me figure out 
because it was a contract role. And I'm like, well, I don't know what rate to ask for because I'm full time and I don't know how to. And he did all that math for me. So, you know, right, you meet somebody, you know, you can either look at them online and see if they're contributing or just talking to them to know whether like you're saying they're a slimy salesperson or whether like you, Brittany, who are like really want to help people, want to provide value, want to, you know, I mean, you're getting something. Yeah, sure. Like you're just a person and not a used car salesman, right? Like it it makes it makes a big difference. So, so it, it really does. Brittany, I want to go back. You, you had made a statement earlier about when, um, you know, somebody got an offer like a, of, of like one thirty five, and you're like, oh well, I thought the range was one forty or whatever. Like, it, if you're given a range, is should you expect the top end of the range when you get the offer? And if you don't get the top end I of the range, like it's a range. If you're getting in the middle, is it because your skill set merits the middle of the range or are are they always going to give you is the first offer you get always the highest offer you're going to get? I suspect not because I think that when you get a job offer, there's this expectation that you're going to negotiate. Yeah. And, um, with the, with the range, I would say don't expect the high end of the range. I mean, that's just setting yourself up to be disappointed. Um, in, $5,000, let's say it is in the middle, it's $5,000 in the range, right? That's really not much if there is, you know, a match on on a 401k that you didn't get before. It could be more than $5,000 at the end of the year. So I think before like getting hot headed or anything like that, it's, you really do need to look at every little bitty thing. Like I've recently, you guys probably know about this, but I've learned about um, like a flexible health account or something, health reimbursement accounts. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And I, that's like that's money that just thing. sitting there also, you know, it's, so there's other things to, that you could look at that, you know, don't just expect the high end. If that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. You know what else is interesting? And, uh, I'm sorry, Brooke, second- no, well, we, we had talked about it right before the, the show started, the salary transparency, right? Now, nobody here is going to say what they make, but here's my point. I don't know what any of you make, and it's really none of my business, but how am I supposed to know what a person with one, three, five, ten 10 years and these certifications and like, it's, it's, it's hard to know what the market rate, you know, should be. If you're, if you're a career changer, like Lex and I, you know, like you're broke at a crappy job and now you could be a little less broke at like a better job knowing, you know, if your long game is like, well, I'll skill up. And so it, I, I think because we don't talk. We could talk about past salaries. Sure. But want. like because we don't talk about salaries, it's it's hard to get a gauge. Like I've, I'm trying to think, I guess I've looked at Glassdoor. I mean, you could Google like network engineer in Philadelphia, right? And you'll get a bunch of different ranges, but even that can be wide. I mean, it can be yeah. like 62 to 180 grand. Well, what the hell do I do with that? You know, so it, it's I think it's just a cultural kind of uh, challenge. If we don't have any transparency with our salary, I have no idea of knowing if I'm being overpaid, underpaid, paid fairly. I'm just going to I'm just going to say I I still have no idea what like a junior network engineer should expect to make. I mean, are you in a high cost living area? Are you in a low cost right. living area? Yeah. And also I still don't know <laughs> regardless, right? <laughs> yeah. like I, I know the salary that I made when I started out, like with not, not a CCNA, nothing, no experience. But by the end of that, my tenure at that company, my salary had changed quite a bit or quite a bit. I don't know. Um, so it, it's, it's cause we all have our own individual experiences I feel like maybe Brittany might know more than all of us on this guy. I don't know. Like oh, about, yeah, because sure. you see, you know, you placed how many, how many different people? Yeah. So and I was thinking about it. Like I've, I really do. I, I asked 
20 people today, how much they make. And I got mm. all that market, um, you know, data today, just what they're making, what they want to make all that, you know, how they're, how they're going to get there. So it is, it is interesting, like how, how taboo it can be for you guys to not talk about it. And I, I wish it would be more talked about, like there's, there's glass door, you know, it's, it's anonymous, but how anonymous is it really? <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> I've, there's some other websites I've, I've been seeing. There's one, uh, levels. I don't know if y'all have seen that. Oh, yeah. There's a few more that are really anonymous that are actually decent. And there's another one called blind. Um, and for big companies too, um, for big companies as well, like there's just a lot of info. You can even search by the Hmm. job title, right? Like network engineer and see all the reviews and like, they, it really looks anonymous more than Glassdoor. Like you don't have to connect your (laughs) Facebook to get on Glassdoor or anything, you know, um, (laughs) or the other ones, but it's, I, I do wish it could be talked about more. Maybe if there could be more anonymous, Maybe if you guys could make one on your Discord, just to where like if it's just an anonymous Excel sheet, people could put their level and like their oh, salary. That's an idea. Yeah. yeah, you know, just like a group. A way a to anonymize salary, yeah. right? Because I, I think I mentioned to you earlier a guy I was talking to in the community shared with me all the salaries he's had for every tech job, and that was his reasoning was yeah. he wanted to provide transparency. His his reasoning was to help underrepresented folks have a baseline like well this is what mm-hmm. i made so if you're making yeah. half of that doing the same job that's a problem mm-hmm. right so i thought that was cool yeah and you could you could break it down even like male or female right. where do you live you know like anything um to to do that but um i find that a lot of contractors or people that do consulting they're pretty open to talking about what they make as well so it may be you know if if you as an individual know someone that contracts in your skill set, like ask them, Hey, what rates are you getting hit up for, for contracts? Like that's a really good way to, to manage the, the, what the market value is. And, um, mm-hmm. that's something like, say I, I literally was going through my head as you were mentioning, like the entry level networking. I, I think yeah. for entry level, like CCNA or CSENT level comp TIA roles, I see the biggest discrepancy on rates mm-hmm. and salaries. Um, than any anything and i don't know what it is it's even if it's like a data center technician or a knock engine or knock technician i have two clients right now um both have those roles and one's offering well they um, 100k there there'd be a disparity i think between knock technician and data center tech but then you read Mm -hmm. the job descriptions and what and when i speak to them they want the exact did you say 100k as far as like I made 62K. Yeah. I yeah. made 62K at a knock. Now, I was happy because it was like nine grand more than I made in the field, but holy crap, 100K at a knock is awesome. Was it a junior? It well, was that's, a junior that's position. Today, though, right? When they have to compete, wow. there, there's a much more competition yeah. for yeah. talent right now you know, than there was. Right. Right. And so, similar roles. I've, it was a contract to hire in Dallas. Um, I placed someone that came from like a 35,000 salary. Um, to forty dollars yeah. an hour. Doesn't that make you feel good? Ching ching. Now, what kind of role was that? Was that was that that's the knock? 80, that's eighty thousand. A knock. Yeah, data. Sent, he was in the uh, knock every day in Dallas. And he yeah. was paying. He was being um, paid uh, thirty five grand, and he 40 got forty an hour. an hour to work at the knock. Right. He doubled his. Mm-hmm. He over doubled his salary. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, he did. Good I mean, him. there's always risk to making the contract leap, which I I love contract. The I'm, fortune I, fortune, I, I fortune like favors the bold. Okay, I. I had, yeah. I'm going to, I've said this probably before, but when I, I weighed 62 grand at the knock and that, and I was at that company for like seven or eight years, whatever it was. And then I got a $50 an hour contract leaving. It was a year contract. They made $108,000 the first year I was there. And that was life changing money. 
I, I was actually building networks. I was able to put my son in a better daycare. He was sick, but, but it was scary. I mean, every, every career change I've had was, was wrought with risk because we just bought a house. We just got married. We had a baby at home. I'm leaving this ISP that I could work at until I'm in the dirt, but I took a risk. It was a calculated risk. I liked the recruiter. We talked a lot. We did a lot of math. And then I've mentioned before, two months in, I broke something big. They could have easily been like, dude, you know, that's your fault. You're out. But they protected me. So, but I think fortune favors the bold. I mean, you're going to have to take some risk. If you're going to play it safe, I don't know. I don't know if you're really going to, right? Like that $40, like, was that a risk for them taking that contract? Yeah. I mean, they were full time. They had a direct hire role. Um, they, they did have to, it was a year long contract and, and I'm just, just a pro contract here. A lot of states like Texas are at will states. There's really not much difference between direct right. hire and being Isn't everything contract. at will? I feel like Boy, most, so. I mean, I know PA is too. Yeah. I think so. Right. Most of the yeah. states. I mean, they say states. that you're safer yeah. and maybe so that is, just, I wonder if that's even a, a myth, like that you're more insulated as a full time than a contractor. I don't know. Like, is I've always heard it's harder to get rid of a full-time employee, right? It well, that's been my experience. Well, just, yeah. I'll go. Sorry. sorry, I was just saying that's at, at yeah. Cisco. At Cisco, it was definitely easier to to end a contract with a contractor than it was to get rid of a full-time blue badge. Okay, hundred percent. You got to pay out easier. like medical mm-hmm. benefits, Cobra, gotcha, um, ETO, and all that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so there is that for sure. Um. Before we lose the thread too much, uh, you mentioned something, Brittany. You said that uh, you were asking people, you know, what they are currently making to, and you're, you've got that, you know, that data, that market data that's useful in your head. Um, and it reminded me. So one thing I would definitely say, like full stop, when a uh, how to how to maybe uh, let me think about a better way to say this. Um, like when someone asks me what you're making right now, like a recruiter asks me what I'm making right now, like to me that's like klaxons going off in my head i'm like i don't want to tell you what i'm making right now because i don't want to anchor any just further discussion we're going to have yeah about you know because i'm not interviewing for the job that i'm already in so because I you could be doubling your salary right in this next job, job and you, you have got. no idea <laughs> right <laughs> yeah you know so 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 yeah so can you help me understand like what is that just for like market research so you can understand like what they're making, like what is paying at, you know, what people are being paid in that salary or like, yeah, what's the- no, that that's good to know too. Cause like I could see how some recruiters will just call people literally and be like, what are you making? All right, thanks. You know, and that's it. <laughs> be done with it. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, if someone asking you like, you know, they're normally going to have a job there. Right. And it's, I like to find out the motivation for someone <laughs> leaving. So I, I don't always, I never even get to money within like, honestly, probably 10 minutes into a conversation with someone. I like to actually build that connection. They know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. but um, you find out the motivation for why they are leaving. So say they're like, well, I want to make more money. So that's how it comes up. And um, I'll say, mm-hmm. well, what are you looking for? But um, apart from that, if I'm talking to you on the phone, Tim, you're, you're mm-hmm. kind of, you're you're open to the idea, right, of talking to a recruiter. So I, I want to find out why um, and say maybe it's, I don't know, just a random reason. And I say, OK, well, financially, you know, what would you what would you even need to make a move? I guess I would I would phrase it that way. Yeah, I've heard that one a lot. I've heard that one a lot. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's a hard question for us on, on our side of the phone because, you know, you're saying, what would you need to make a move? And I understand that. Yeah. where you're coming from, but that's I've like a really loaded question, minimum. right? To, 
That's because then you're anchoring yourself and saying, well, here's the num. You know, again, we're throwing out our number. We haven't even talked about what the hell the position <laughs> might be that we're, you know, so it's, that's yeah. a hard one, right, for me. It is. And um, if I guess it de- like you wouldn't be actively looking at that point either. So it's, you know, you wouldn't have to give me anything. I would still know you're a good you're a good candidate or a good option. So I would still can continue to bring jobs to you if you even you gave yeah. me the time of day you knew that one was relevant right like i don't really call people just to talk to them like if i'm on the phone with you i have one job at least one yeah. it's either a fit or not right so you'll know that that one was at least on track maybe it was only you know some wrong company whatever but you'll answer the next call you know and i'll get a you know it could be a little bit closer what mm-hmm. no but i wouldn't i don't necessarily think giving even your range like shoot yourself in the foot or anything it, it comes down to the person to know like if they're going to be a, you know, worthless or not, because sure. I, it makes me so happy to know, like if this person's looking for a hundred thousand and I have a job that's 130,000 and they're perfect for it. Like, Oh my gosh, that makes me so excited to go to them. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, they said only a hundred thousand. I can't give it unless, unless your salary, like, unless your salary you know? compensation structure is structured to do that. Right. <laughs> well, no, 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 not at all. Either. We're talking about the, all the other. We're talking about the recruiters that would do that, yeah. and that's yeah. what makes it a hard conversation, right? Because if I, I, I'd go to you, Brittany, with that information, right? But I would not take some random call from somebody I don't know and and give them that information. So that makes it tougher on you, right? And just you know, be cautious with it. If you answer a random call from a recruiter who is just very blunt, if it if if something's interested interested you, like say they said, yeah, network engineer job fully remote, you're like. Okay, I'll buy a little bit. You know, it's kind of interesting, but they're still like, you know, being like, what do you need? What do you need? You know, maybe tell them something outrageous. Be like 250,000, right? And then if one, if it's not a real job and it's a waste of time, they'll they'll go. It, you won't waste your time anymore. Um, you know, and two, then they'll actually give you the range and if you said that, they'll probably give you the highest range or whatever they were told, you know? Um, so I would go at it like that and then maybe you can even get in the interview from there right like they may not be the best recruiter but still an in you Um, know what i just thought brett typically in careers they teach you to negotiate at the end right you're brought in you meet everybody like you know you might have two or three interviews so it's kind of interesting in tech and with recruiters it's one of the first things talked about because because really and that's what's that's why i have the canned response i have you do not have enough information in that first conversation to give a real number I, i don't you know, you have a range. It's not. I just don't know how much am I, you know, am I going to be on call a lot? Is going to be a lot of maintenance windows? Is the manager crazy? What happened to the last 10 people that left? Like, you know, it's going to take some time to, to figure out what your number would be. And it's, yeah. it's just not fair. I think it's not realistic for the engineer to give that number, but, but recruiters nine times out of 10 ask in the first conversation. So I, I don't know if that's specific to tech, you don't want to waste each other's time either, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think that there's some value in at least but making see, sure you're in the same ballpark. Network but, engineers but, yeah, make I mean, about the same depending on the market you're in, right? Like if, if you're a network engineer with five years experience, you're probably going to be making around the same. Yes, Palo Alto is going to be, you know, more than Kentucky, but you know, there's a co- there's probably a cost of living calculator, right? I mean, wouldn't you say, Britt, like is there that much of a delta between what – your network engineer with X years of experience. Aren't we all kind of making after you adjust for uh, cost of living? It's probably the average or the mean is around the same. Like statistically mm, speaking, uh, it should be. 
If we all have the same skill set, we're all yeah, doing yeah. basically the same job. Junior versus senior in I would say as well, um, people that have contracted in their background do make more. I um, just because they have that background as well, that market knowledge. For I've I speak to so many people who have only been full time, same company ten years, hadn't gotten a raise in five years, making one hundred and fifteen thousand, and they're like amazing amazing and it's like what are you doing like you know it's just i wish they mm. would have called me over their 10 years there just so i could be like hey there's a contract you know making 80 dollars an hour right with your skill set like just so they know like what they're worth but um yeah, yeah you you do get lost in your salary being full-time for a long time as well so sometimes it does even if you are happy just put some feelers out there you know see what your position is around the market will tell, yeah, tell you what you're worth. The market will tell you what you're worth, right? Because I remember when I started interviewing a while back, and they would ask, right? And I find, like, listen, I'm making like around a hundred, and I'm going to need twenty percent to even consider jumping because ten grand isn't going to change my life, and that's before taxes, right? So that was like my stock answer if they wouldn't give me the range. So it was like twenty percent. So basically, you know, I need hundred and twenty to continue. To, and and a few times I did, and I, I had like four or five interviews. It was a hospital system. It sounded cool and all that stuff. But at the end, they're like. You know, we, we, I think like if we push it, we might be able to get you 105. I'm like, and they wanted me to commute into the city, but, but right. But, but I told them up front, Tim, right? Like I told them up front, I, I'm, f- yeah, right. No, like, I'm with but, you. But I'm I tried, yeah, yeah. Right. But you, I tried to play the clear. game, you know, yeah, and I tried to give them that, like, I'm going to need 120 at least, you know, and uh, yeah. And they spent I've, all this time with me and I interviewed with well. like four different people in the company over a week. Yeah. And at the end, they're like, well, we're going to need you to drive to all the hospitals every week. And, we can only give you five thousand dollars more, like, and you're going to be in the city. So now you got to base it. The old well, gotta, switch. And you're on call. And if you work in a city, you got to be city wage tax. So now I'm probably yeah. losing money. Like it. it so, so you know, there, there's a lot of experiences yeah. that I, I guess people. I mean, thank goodness for the good ones like you, Britt, because it's there's just so many. No, trust me, I'm not perfect. <laughs> So Andy, I could so, give you a, a bit of a um, data point because I, I've recently changed jobs, mm-hmm. and for the most part, I'm doing the same thing, right? Like po- post sales yeah. deployment engineer. At a, at a previous job, there was some team lead uh, responsibilities rolled in there. The salaries are vastly different mm. and the stress levels are vastly different. And the amount of travel that I'm doing is vastly different. Yeah. And I make at least 50% more than I used to. With less stress, less wow. travel. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So, so, so I don't, I don't yeah. think that there, I don't think that the average, I, I don't think that there is an accurate no, average. You're right. You're right. So I have to ask you the Andy question. I mean, you got kids. How'd you do it? No, but it's like, seriously, like, <laughs> how did you garner 50% more? So like, did a recruiter approach you? Did you know somebody at this company? Like, no, how, I, how would you I do that? I applied for a position. I, I applied for a position. I went through the process and it came time to negotiate the salary. Mm. And they said, well, what do you make now? And I said, look, I'm yep. going to tell you right now that I'm looking for a job because I don't feel like I'm fairly paid. I don't want the moon. That's a good way to put it. I, I just want to be fairly paid. I have a skill set. Here's what I can do. I've been honest with you and upfront about my experience and my capabilities, what I'm confident in. I'm, I've been honest with you about where I want to go. What does that garner? That's what I want to know, right? Like, I don't want to ask for more than I am worth. I just want to be paid what I'm worth. And and then they... That's why it's so useful to have a And then did they tell yeah, yeah, you? Yeah, because you didn't give them a number, when, right? When I tried to... I, I didn't give them a number and, yeah. and then they went away and they came back and they gave me a number. I had a number in my head. How much higher was it? I was you, like, willing... Were you like, Oh my God, I would never would have asked for this. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. When they came back and made me an <laughs> offer, it was so much more than what I was expecting Patting that myself on the I back. didn't negotiate. I, I just said, that. yeah, sure. That's, it happens. <laughs> and did it you, really like, does happen all AJ, the time. did you say that to a recruiter or to someone in an interview or like after the interview? Who? I said that to the, the director, right? Like, okay. So somebody within the company who yeah. was hiring person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't okay. an HR recruiter thing. It was, it was like somebody in the food chain in my, in, in the part of the organization. The person in charge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Part, of yeah. me, right. part of me wonders if it doesn't make a huge difference. It being like you talking directly to the person making that decision versus you talking to a recruiter, external or internal, right? Like, sure. Who would then pass along that information because sure. then they're talking I mean, to you as a person. About yeah. And no, I agree with you. And your reasons. But lots of people get jobs without a recruiter being in the middle, right? We, we're, we're talking about recruitment because we have access to Brittany, but obviously like, for example, this job that I just took, there were no recruiters involved. Actually, um, I knew, I know a guy, I'm very, very good friends with a, a guy who works at Aviatrix. Um, he asked if I'd be interested in talking to them. I was very happy at, at Cisco, but um, I'm I'm very much of, of the always keep your ear to the ground type of person. Plus, to be honest, I was actually really interested in what they were doing. So I passed my resume over, went to a hiring manager, hiring manager, set up interviews. We did interviews, you know, so on and so forth, right? There was no, I didn't even apply, right? Like, so there's lots of, of situations where that happens as well. And that's another reason why I say that this industry, this networking industry is about a lot more than, Switching packets. There's a lot more networking in this Man, industry Tim, than you there just, are switching You just packets. said the truth yes. there. It, I got I got found note. on Twitter for my current job. <laughs> Same. Um, I wanted to talk about the external versus internal recruiter when you mentioned. Um, oh gosh, what was the point you just mentioned? The, uh, just um, how I how I reached to how I got uh, rec- recruited. Oh, if they have any say so in like the hmm. actual budget, oh, or if yeah. they can change it. Yeah. So. With internal recruiters, they really they won't have any like weight behind changing that budget, right? That's going to come down to the internal sales team or um, marketing, whoever does the budget. But for external recruiters, we we do actually we are able to go directly to the hiring manager and be more of like a consultant, you know, and be like, hey, we need to actually look at upping this. So a lot of times, if you are working with an external recruiter, it, it is it could be better to go through them if you trust them to prove your case well, right? Cause they could, they could kind of be more consultative around it and, and take that bullet for you. But, um, but yeah, just, that, just make sure you trust them if, if they could, but they could actually negotiate for you as well. Does that make sense? So the other thing, Oh, that this is a great segue because Andy, something we were talking about just popped in my head. No, that's, 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 I love that you said that Brittany. Um, so something we were talking about, Andy, uh, on the Discord, and it just came back to my head, was we were talking about like recruiters, hiring managers, these people. They do. They this is what they do day in and day out, right? You're you're sitting here coming with the tin <laughs> cup like Oliver Twist, asking for money, and and, and yeah. you're tied up emotionally in the entire transaction, right? And these these people, this is what they do all day. There's no there's no uh, skin in the game. I mean, there's skin in the game, but there's not that same type of attachment. And they do it all the time. It's like a sales thing, like you said, right? The used car salesman. That's what they do all day in and day out. They're not going to be as tied up emotionally in it as, as you know, the person negotiating the salary that might change their life is going to be. And some people use that to their advantage and, 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 you know, some don't, right? But, but the point is when you're advocating for yourself and negotiating that salary, um, you know, you need to be able to try to 
pull your own emotions out of it as much as possible, make it more of a math problem to be solved than, you know, this emotional weight that you're putting behind everybody puts behind their salary, right? Because everybody ties their salary to their li- their livelihood, their yeah. life. And, and that's like a you're natural so right. thing. You have right? to learn to be uncomfortable so. to negotiate, to negotiate anything. And people who negotiate for a living know that. And like you, we talked about, Tim, use that to their advantage. You know, when I said, don't give my number and this is what I say. And then I ask for a range and I shut up. It's a very uncomfortable when I sold cars, I we would I try to be closing someone and I'd give them the final thing and then just stare at them. And and it seems like forever. But it's a power play, right? It really is. And whoever talks next loses. It's a thing. Google it. And and like AJ, I'm so proud of what you did because you it couldn't have been a very comfortable thing to be you know, interviewing at the company you want to be at and they're asking you for a number and you're not giving it. Your response was great what you told them because it was based in honesty, right? Like I was undervalued where mm-hmm. I was. I know I have a skill set. I'm not shooting for the moon. And But you did everything right. Didn't give them the number. And then they came back with a number higher than you expected. And that's happened to me in my last two jobs. So to me, that secret sauce is, you know, everything we're talking about here is just so useful and helpful because most people don't want to be uncomfortable. And they're like, oh, geez, what if I lose this opportunity? Oh, I really better take it. Like it might go away. They might give it to somebody else. I mean, that's another trick in sales, the takeaway. You know, well, you know, I got three other yeah, people looking at the right. car, so that's okay. You know, along you're, you're, those lines, <laughs> yeah, urgency, yeah, yeah, yeah. manufactured urgency. <laughs> along those lines, though, we're all speaking mostly from like experience, and we all are fairly confident in our skill sets, right? But uh, for somebody who is brand new or nearly brand new, I feel like maybe the advice could change a bit, right? Because they won't have the benefit of that, like confidence behind them. Like, yes, I have this skill set. I have proven it before in past jobs. Um, I am more confident in asking for this salary, right? So what can we tell newer people to networking? Like, I, I hear how, what you're saying and I'm not disagreeing with you, but yeah. I was not confident in my last two jobs that I applied for and got. I was not qualified to build real networks because I was sitting in a knock staring at Spectrum for two years but I took a chance and a leap and took a job that I wasn't sure I could do. And the same yeah. in the role I'm at now. So I get what you're saying, but I've also not been, mm-hmm. you know, there's a fake it till you make it kind of thing for me. <laughs> and you can fake, you know, confidence. I mean, it's really easy to be scared and be timid and, but you take a deep breath and you know what you're going to say before you go in. And it's almost like dating, right? This is ridiculous, but like, the opposite gender, <laughs> well, well, they can sense desperation a mile away, speaking as a guy. But when you're confident, you get your batting them away with a stick. So confidence is, and I'm half joking, right? But I, I hear what you're saying, but you can fake it till you make it. You can go into that conversation and appear confident. Because like what Brittany, what, what did you say? Less than 1%. This is why we're having the show for those new people. Less than 1% of people in... It was 1.7, Okay, right. But like hardly any technically skilled people are out of work right now, right? And we're one of the highest paid whatevers, you know, besides doctors and lawyers and all that stuff. So yeah, and we're, we're, it's it's a skill. Like we have a hard to earn skill that, so we have value. And I get what you're saying when you're new, it's scary and you don't, but you got to get plugged into the community and talk to recruiters like Brittany and listen to shows like this that are like, listen, you're probably worth more than you think you are. And if you give that recruiter your number, you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot. Because if you listen to Andy and AJ's last two stories about their last two negotiations and how they did it, didn't give their number, 
They weren't jerks about it. And the people came back with way more money than either one would have asked for. That's the golden thing right there, right? For somebody to give you more money than you ever would have asked for. And I was not confident in either of those negotiations, but I knew how to play the game. And that's the trick. If you know some tricks, at least for me, I, you know, if you know how the game works, you can play the game. But if you're just Mr. Timid, don't know anything scared, you're, you're going to get undercut. And the recruiter's going to make that extra money and the co- or the company's going to be like, great. The ISP I was at was huge for bringing people in on visas and underpaying them because those people, because. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. A, that's a well But that's a tactic, right? There's a yeah. lot of recruitment companies like that, too. Um, the opposite yeah. way to why we have bad names for us and the ones that will get those massive margins that yeah. you hear about. Like, it's, yep. There's you know, so many ways, ways to underpay technically <laughs> proficient people. And you really have to learn how they, if you don't yeah. know that, you're going to be a victim. But, there, you know, there's some tricks. So, Lexi, I wanted to, because I think what you're, you're getting to the heart of why we're doing the show, right? And yeah. Andy said it himself as well. You're getting to the heart of why we're doing the show, right? It's for those new people who don't have the confidence, who don't have the experience. And I w- actually wouldn't change my advice there. I would say try to make it a math problem because you have to take, because, and, and when I say that, I don't mean like a simple, like, hey, I need to make this much to pay my uh-huh. bills. Part of that calculation needs to be, well, okay, I'm starting out. Is this a place going to give me the experience that I'm looking for? Is it going to look good on a resume? Am I going to want to spend a year of my life here? Can I afford to spend a year of my life here? Right? That's all part of the, that needs to be part of that calculation, part of that math problem. I say math problem, but I'm not talking about necessarily just like numbers for Mm -hmm. salary, right? Um, Especially when you're starting out, right? But when you go in desperate, that's when you get taken advantage of. And that's another reason why you got you to pull back on the emotion as much as possible. You have to make it a matter. No, that's problem. great advice. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was hoping to hear from, from y'all. Um, sorry, Brittany. I like ahead. that you, no, you're good. I like that you say, make it a math problem. Cause one of the things I thought about coming in here is have data. Don't just say, I want this money, you know, or I need this full stop. Like, why? What What do you bring to the table? I mean, obviously, you, th- this company, you want them to pay you, but you do need to show what you bring to the table, too, in a way. So I I always like to have that data. Like you mentioned, there's things that what's important to you. Is it extra certifications? You know, is it um, the, the health reimbursement? Maybe you need that extra money for, for health care or maybe they pay tuition. You've got young kids and that wouldn't be important to me, but that could be important for someone else who you know wants to pay for their kids college. Um, there's so many different things to like to think about on what could be important for that perspective. But look at it all as well, like for, for entry level, too, because a lot of people just get caught up in that base salary like right away. But maybe even being an entry level and taking, um, you know, a ten thousand dollar less base than what all your other friends are getting or all your other peers but you're going to have five more certifications before them because your company's paying for it. Like that's way more valuable for someone entry level, you know, who doesn't have that, their savings or anything. Um, that's something to absolutely look at. I think Here, here's, yeah, there's more than just money at stake, right? Like it, it very often in positions like the ones that we're in, you're going to have extras like, you know, subscriptions to learning platforms so you can learn, you know, the ability to expense things like, 
you know, if, if the company's not providing the subscription to the platform, maybe you can expense it. Um, you can expense a couple of tries on a certification exam, right? Like usually you know, either a company's not going to pay for it until you pass or they'll pay for one failure. And then again, when you pass, right? Like there's, there's lots of other things that go into this salary. So I, I think you have a very valid point, right? And maybe you're taking, you're taking in $10,000 a year less than your peers, but maybe you're paid hourly when you're on call that your peers aren't. Maybe you're given a flat fee just to be on call and your peers aren't. So there's lots of other things to take into that calculation. I, Absolutely. And I, I think it can even come down to things like medical benefits providers. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been through quite a few and it's like some I'd never want to go back to because <laughs> it was horrible to get any type of you know appointment done. But there's some that are great. And it's like that would weigh heavy to me now when considering an offer like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I've so got a family and that's one of my things. primary concerns when I look at like, you know, a new position, right? Like what's the medical benefits for like, what, what do they cover exactly? Like, and, and now, you know, I'm working for a company that's national and I live in one part of the United States. Like, does their medical insurance cover where I live? Or am I always going to be like out of area or whatever, you know, and have to pay exponentially more? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just put the same thing. It, that's why it comes down to absolutely everything. I, it comes down to even like the range, like we talked about. You know, don't expect the highest. Don't get mad if you're given the lowest because maybe there's twenty thousand dollars and other stuff sitting around you weren't even sure about or you didn't know about. You know, it's just find out a, around everything and you know about the whole package, which I've not, I know people talk about, but I feel like they don't really dig deep enough on the right. details. But. So I, I've got a question in this post you know, almost post COVID, I, most people see it as post COVID, but like through the major portion of the pandemic, you know, where a lot of people are working either remotely or hybrid, does the location still really come into account, right? Like is, is the cost of living still accounted for, uh, as part of your salary? Like, you know, just because I live in Vermont and I work for a company that, you know, is a larger national company and I travel a lot for work, whatever, like, is it still accounted for, or are they trying to be more competitive across the board? Because the work's remote. Honestly, I, I feel like everything's just gone up. <laughs> um, all the salaries have gone up, budgets have gone up. Yeah. People are yeah. so inflation. You know, tech talent <laughs> is needed. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I'm, and to be honest, I never really saw like the the difference between cost of living, and and by that I mean before COVID, when I would recruit roles in California, like. I never saw them go up. The rates were still low. It's almost like the clients there just weren't really adjusting it, you know? And now I'm finding that they're just gone up with the same as the others. So I don't, I don't know if cost of living has okay. done much. Um, yeah. I found that just people are paying more now, which is good to negotiate. Yeah. I'm glad we're doing this too. Yeah. It's, you know, People are paying. You're, you deserve it. You don't ask. You don't get. So, Hey, A1 fans. AJ here for NetAlly. You ever heard of NetAlly? Sure you have. They came from the same group of engineers that brought us network tools from Fluke Networks, NetScout, and now they're NetAlly. They know networking. I'm a network engineer for a partner, and when I go to customers and see they use Net, NetAlly, I know it's going to be so much easier to troubleshoot issues we might run into. The name may have changed to NetAlly, but the way they build tools hasn't changed a bit. They ask, what would a network engineer want to help make their job faster and easier? And then they go build it, just like this Etherscope NXG. NetAlly is here to help. NetAlly. Simplicity. Visibility. Collaboration. Visit NetAlly.com today. Now back to the show. I want to circle back to what Lexi said. You reminded me of something as we were talking, and I have a very short story about it. But if you don't place a high value on your own time, absolutely no one will. 
And here's my cute little story that was real. So, so Lex, like you're saying, if you're new and you're not confident and maybe you're not comfortable with faking it, you have to value your time. And this is why, because I, I had a cousin who needed, he bought a house and he had a bunch of ethernet that was pulled, but none of it was terminated. And he knew I was a cable guy. So he's like, hey, can you help me? Yeah, sure, man. I spent like five hours there terminating like two or three dozen lines and ran some stuff. And you know, I spent a good portion of my day there. Now, he's my cousin, right? He's family. I'm not going to charge family, friends. This is, you know, you're my, I mean, whatever. We're family. I love you. No, like this is just me helping you. A year later, he, he's, a, he's like a contractor kind of guy. They do all kinds of stuff, construction, plumbing, electric. A year later, I had a problem with my bathtub faucet. It was leaking. Something was funny. So I asked him to come out and help me. And he did. And three days later, I got a bill for $600. Now, here's the difference. It's my own fault. Here's the difference. Justin values his time. He places a high value on his time, and he doesn't give his time away for free. Me, I didn't value my time. I gave it away for free. And then I wanted to be mad because somebody valued their time and I didn't. So- that's my point is if you, you know, if, if you can't fake confidence, at least know that your skill set is valuable. Your time is your most valuable asset. And if you're not comfortable charging a fair rate for your time, and if you're in tech, that rate should be higher than the bag person at this grocery store, you know, like you should be making some good money in this field. And, and, and if, if you're not, and you're willing to take a crappy rate and a crappy pay, you you just, you're not placing a high enough value on your skill set and, and your time, like I did. And and I'll never do that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I learned my lesson. <laughs> Man. Ooh. I'd agree. That's yeah. a good advice point to entry level people. The time is a commodity. I mean, even like, I think, I feel like now, when do you become mid? Is it around five years? You're, you're out of that entry level? I would say for tech, oh. I want to say four to five. Oh, yeah. For okay, me, no. I'm going to say. Can someone explain yeah. that to me while we're at it? Because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to think. Yeah. So, you know, um, I lost my train of thought. Well, there the again. five year thing. I, I, I'm I can so comment sorry. on that. Like, I got it, so upset. <laughs> I, I think there's, there's lots of different types of, of jobs. Uh, and so if you've worked in IT for five years, you might consider yourself a senior. But if you've worked that five years, doing the same exact thing day in and day out. Are you really a senior? I mean, one year of experience. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Yes. Like that's, yeah. I, I think there, there's something to, you know, the skill set have your skill sets grown. Okay. Are you confident in being able to do more on your own and asking questions, maybe a little bit less about the systems that you've been working with for a period of time, right? Like I, there's, there's definitely, there's got to be some growth, and if you want to get the the senior title, I right? feel like I feel like five years is a mark. Yeah. I, I work with this guy Joe, who was like, you know, why most of the job descriptions you see want five or more years experience? Because those first five years, you're touching everything for the first time, you're breaking stuff, you're 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 a liability. But if you give it about five years, you've seen a lot, and you've stepped on a couple landmines, and you have some. But no, no, you know, a lot of people don't want that person with, you know, six months experience that's going to break stuff because they just don't know. You know, you can't you can't yeah. teach experience. Yeah. It just takes time. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Time is a commodity being a good point for entry level people. Yeah. You could very like people can take advantage of you. You know, if you're entry level and you realize you're wasting your your time even at your job doing things that aren't relevant to your your advancement. You know, you may be doing computer work when you want to be actually racking and pulling cables, you know, so it's value your time and your duties in that job too, I think. 
Yeah, because I'll say when I yeah. first started, like not that long ago, um, I was I took a pretty damn low salary um, because it was so much mm-hmm. more than I ever thought I would make in my life ever. Um, And I would never have been able to be like, you know what? Nah, that's too low. Because I didn't even have a CCNA. I had no experience. So when he said something, when he gave me a salary that was double what I had made before, I was like, all right. Right. And then he apologized (laughs) to me. (laughs) My old manager, yeah, he was like, look, I'm really sorry. I can only offer you like uh what what like 60k he was like i can only offer you 60k and i was like i'll take it what are you fucking <laughs> exactly. talking about that's a living salary yeah. plus right. some you know like um yeah which now i know like that is i think industry level it's it's low but i would um, i would i would argue that nothing to see i would argue at. that someone without experience who took two community college classes with no ccna that's good money well right so like I don't yeah. think that you did yourself a disservice <laughs> that, yeah. in that scenario like there there's All no right, absolute right. number okay it was proving your life, right? No, it's right. going to be different for everybody. Like in your yeah. point of reference, if you can double your income and, and that makes a difference in your life, that's awesome. And I don't think it's an absolute number. Like, well, you didn't hit a hundred. So you're not like, no, it's yeah. everybody's situation's different. Money, money when you're single without a mortgage and kids and all that crap and like college funds is mm-hmm. different than when all this responsibility comes, right? So the numbers are different, you know? AJ, Tim and I might have different relationships with money because I I don't even get to see it anymore. It kind of just goes through my hands and things get paid for and, you know. Must be nice. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, everybody gets my money. (laughs) Everybody gets my money is what I'm saying. College funds and savings accounts and... Yeah, I see. Um, another way to help uh, break the pull the emotion out of your uh, out of the um, the whole salary negotiation piece, I think, is to do what you guys are kind of hitting on, which is to reframe the discussion as you're selling. It, it's not it is what you're doing, but you don't ever think of it this way, right? So it's a reframe. Um, you're selling your labor, right? You're selling your time. What is your time worth? Like literally, what is the dollar value assign- that you're going to assign to your uh, to your time, right? So that's another way to kind of pull the emotion a little bit further through the back and 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 make it more of a math problem, if you will. So your so, advice for people, sorry, just because no. like I'm sure there are people out there like me who can relate. Not everybody, but like. You're just to reiterate and tell me if I'm wrong, but like your advice, our advice collectively as a group to people who are like new slash don't are having trouble valuing their time very highly, whether it's because they're not as experienced or they don't have all the certs or whatever it may be. The advice is like kind of basically like get over it, like value yourself, right? Is that what or, we're or saying? Or not and get underpaid, overall? right? Like, <laughs> like, I mean, you have a choice. Yeah. I'm well, serious, right? Like, but like, but like work on that, right? Like, cause I needed somebody to tell me that back right. in the day, I didn't have anyone, right? So I, I really want to just like hit it home because um, I am super, super introverted and get anxiety around phone calls and talking about money and all that stuff. So like, um, I, I would, I don't think I would have been even. And if I was selling a car to it, you, I could do anything I wanted to you financially. Yeah. And recruiters who are paid to underpay you are doing the same thing. So you can continue like, right. I mean, it's like real talk. So you can be a victim because you're scared or you can take some of these skills and be like, I'm not giving my number. I don't have enough information. 
if you're not going to give me a range, I don't really know if there's anything left to talk about. Now, you might be terrified that they're going to hang up and this is the last job offer you're ever going to get in your life. So it's it, like that's. But it won't be. It's that self-talk. It won't be. It won't be. It's no, that, that self-talk. and <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. urgency. Yeah. And when you're yeah. new, that's the hardest that's also, part, Lex. That's yeah. the hardest part. Like you're just, mm-hmm. you're desperate. And, and, and I, and I yeah. was too. I get I it. Sure. And and I really wanted the job. Yeah. So I And I, I always want to say what we always say. So. I mean, people can reach out to us. Everybody on the show is accessible. If we didn't hit your question or if you want to have, you know, I mean, we do Tim does like, well, I don't want to blast you, Tim, but people do like resume critiques. I mean, Tim looked at my resume and helped me a ton. I do. But even if you want to hit issues, us up, yeah. we can talk about <laughs> something specific with salary. We didn't hear um you know, maybe we do something, AJ, in the Discord with salary transparency. I, I don't know how we would do that because everybody's usernames on their posts, but somehow anonymize, like people could just throw in their, their, their job title yeah. and their salary because Google at least sheet. it gives you a baseline when you are that new person. Like, well, I don't know as a junior knock technician what I should be asking. I mean, Brittany might be a great resource too, but, you know, how, how do you get that information and how can we help? I think we should put those links, Brittany, that you mentioned for like the salary stuff in the show yep. notes, you know, any way we can help. Cause I mean, we don't have anything figured out, right. We just have our experience and we were hoping to share some of that here, but. Um, Definitely. I think it should be less taboo overall for people to share their salaries. Cause we, this is a community that you guys are doing too. And you all want to, you know, grow that and everyone be successful. So just if people, I know you don't ever want to become all braggy or anything, but if there are ways to utilize more anonymous, you know, forums or whatever, just to, to know about that because it it's exciting to get those big salary and to know what's possible right at least to know the ceiling like oh wow okay i mean yeah. that's yeah. that's that's a person that i don't think is all that bright and they're getting paid a lot i can too you know what i mean <laughs> talking about myself here i'm not so, talking about yeah. anybody else I, I, I think it's worth going back to the conversation that we've had previously, right? Like these positions are written by non-technical people. Mm. I like, I think I've told the story numerous Mm -hmm. times that nine years ago I applied for a network admin position and one of the qualifications desired was a CCIE and it was a $65,000 a year job. You see that a lot. Right. So (laughs) so there's, there's, there's going to be organizations that, you know, the, the salary ranges are going to vary wildly. Like if you, when you even begin to try to set out to do your own research on this it's just going to be all over the place for this exact reason right because it's all going to come down to how much does the organization value people that do the work that we're doing right and when they don't understand the work that we're doing they're not going to put appropriate values and that could go in either direction they could put absorbent amounts of cash tied to this like you know way overpay for what you're doing you know they could pay somebody two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for less than junior network level uh, stuff because they don't understand the position. They think it's magic, smoke and mirrors. Um, and, and then of course we see a lot more of the other side though, where we're underpaid, undervalued for the skill sets that we bring and the amount of work that we do and keeping the lights on and making sure the business can function. So I, I don't, I don't yeah. really know how, like, cause I've tried to do this myself. Like I have had conversations with Brittany and she's given me great information on based on my skill set, based on my certifications, based on X, Y, and Z, here's what I should expect to fetch in a range. Uh, but Brittany, it, it, like, she's not everywhere, right? Like I can't just search and find that information all over the place. So she's got some great data points and I don't want to send everybody to Brittany's email box and flood her <laughs> with, with all these questions like this. Um, so I guess my next question would be, 
where are some good places where we can find out appropriate ranges based on skill sets, right? Like if I'm an entry-level person and I either don't have my CCNA when I'm working on it, or maybe I just got my CCNA and I don't yet have a job experience, like what's the, what's a range that we could expect for that level? Also by gender, if possible, because um, I don't, you know, women and yeah, and, and race, um, women and people of color get paid less than white men. I think everybody knows that at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, there, there's like specific guides out there for women, um, or like other minority groups. Like how do you negotiate salary as a person, a part of this group? Right. So it is really, really salary transparency also helps, um, people, you know, who are part of groups that are typically underpaid in Absolutely. any industry. Um, but also, of course, tech. Yeah. So if, if a website includes that information or any resources include that extra information, I mean, that that would be great. Uh, now I got I'm going to see what I can do with our website in a Google spreadsheet and we're going to figure this out. Ah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Let's, let's figure out how to make it happen. I was just thinking, too, as you were talking about women, I have placed zero women network wow. engineers. In five years, there aren't that many uh, of us. It sucks so bad. Yeah, it's yeah, it's sad. A lot of BA uh, business analysts, pro- project program managers, um, but no female network engineers. I don't know what it is. Do you ever get the opportunity to like suggest? Well, I guess that is part of your job, right? Like suggest suggest a sort of different. So I've met female data center technicians, like uh, way more of them than I've met like network engineers for sure. Um, and I, I really think that data center techs, um, like handling that hardware can really like, they have a unique perspective on things. Not a lot of like, mo- a lot of network engineers have not actually worked in a data center and like handled all the hardware. Like, stuff. especially like a global 24 seven environment too. Yeah. Like that I, that helps. It's key. Yeah. I, I worked a remote job and only ever like talked to the data center techs and told them like, Hey, can you swap this cable or whatever? But I think that a, a woman who had come from, you know, a position like that or, you know, something else tangentially related might make a good network engineer. And I just always wondered, like, if you ever see, you know, people moving from those roles into like network engineering roles and. Oh, all the time. Okay. I do. I do. And we can even talk about it on the side too, if you ever want. Yeah. Sorry. We can take this offline. We're we're running real long, but. (laughs) I kind of like to hear about it too, but that's okay. Well, we all can. Lexi, I love that you say data. Yeah. What? Do I? I love it. Yeah. It's nice. Data. data center. I didn't mean to. I'm a I data answer. girl. I say data, 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 data. It's data. data I, say I like data. It's nice. I data. would like to change from data to data. data. Yeah, data. I don't, what's sad is I don't mean to say data. <laughs> like it just comes out. It's not, no, way. it's nice. Saying, I like that you I'm say this is a, data. I'm trying to I'm pay you a compliment. Data. I'm saying data. <laughs> no, data. it's fine. Wait, but it's right. nice. So how do you say the word E-X-A-M? Exam. Exam? Exam. I say, I say, I say exam, but everybody makes fun of me. They're like, no, it's exam. 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 I say exam. And they've been making fun of me forever on exam, exam, exam. But everybody goes, well, how do you say it? I say exam, but you guys say exam. Anyway, it's, it's a fun little, so, so I just, I just looked up like CCNA salary expectations. And I don't know if payscale.com is one of those Brit that you like, but that's, you know, they have an average of, of so what I was yeah. hoping, which we can't do, right? But I was hoping it's like, listen, if you have a CCNA, you should be able to make 60 grand. I know that doesn't work and you can't do blanket statements, but on pay scale, yeah. they say the average CCNA 
64,000. Now, again, who knows how accurate that is? I'd honestly think that's higher. I think it would be a little bit higher. But Um, that might be helpful for people, right? Like somebody with a CCNA who has no clue, like, should they accept no less than 60 grand? I don't know. 50 grand might change their life and I don't want to tell them not to, but where's the baseline, right? Higher than 60. That's helpful. Yeah. Like you're saying, it should be higher than 60. All right. Listeners, like take that into account. Maybe it should be higher than 60. I don't know. For a lot of the knock rolls I've been seeing that these are anywhere from three to five years of experience. Um, as well. So not completely entry more the junior three years, but, um, they're anywhere from 40 to 50 an hour, which is right at 80 to hundred K. Um, and that's, that's not far off from where you'd be at, you know, at one year of experience, you're not going to go from 30 to 80 K. Where were you when I was looking anyways, for a knock right? job, Brittany, dear God. Uh, <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Where's oh Dan? my God. Oh, Dan, Dan, that was for you. The best was that that was for you. You said we were going to be that enemies. Was, oh man. Wow. You know, what, you know what you get for that? That was, that, that was a win. That was good. My face. Man. Oh my God. Damn, Britt. I thought we were cool. Oh, oh my God! That might yeah, be a good place yeah. to stop, my, AJ. My <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm gonna let Brittany keep going. Yeah. That was great. The wind, the wind's out of my sails. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go lay down. Old man needs a nap. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, oh man! Oh my God! Well, I, before we do wrap it up, though, let, let's try to summarize like the negotiation piece. So, you know, how I think that you should have a number in mind. You should be informed on you know what your value is, but don't share that number right off the get go. Open the door to try to have a conversation. What's the range? You know, and I've said stuff like, well, I, you know, this is a different position for me. I don't really know what to expect. Can you give me a range? Right. Or, I, you know, in my previous example, I said something like, I feel like I'm undervalued and that's why I'm even applying for a job in the first place. So I'd love to hear what, you know, mm-hmm. what you believe this position is valued at kind of thing. So um, what, what are some other uh, tools that we can give folks when they go to neg- negotiate a salary. If we were to summarize On that it, too, I think yeah, um, those are great points because that their answers will also tell you if you want to work at that company as well, oh, how they come yeah. back to you. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, be confident. You know, do some research as well, like before you even yeah. re- receive an offer. I'll, I'll give some links of yes. um, websites I know where there's at least some anonymous salaries or whatever, but. Have an idea of what to expect. Don't expect the max because um, you'll set yourself up for disappointment. And look at every single aspect of the package as well. Um, would make be it a math problem. That, that's it. Make it a math yeah. problem. Like I said, take the emotion out of it. Make it a math problem as much as possible. I like what possible. you said, AJ, about yeah. the conversation. Like you have to get people talking. And uh, again, I'm leaning back on like sales, but this is a negotiation, right? Like the conversation is important and you have to get the other side talking because people will reveal themselves and the data to you, but they won't if they're not talking. So maybe that's one of those tricks, right? Like if you're scared and you're not confident, like just, you know, there's, there's tricks, right? Like open-ended questions. Don't ask questions that have yes or no answers. Uh, mm-hmm. These are like little salesy tricks, but it's also just conversational. I, I was a, I was a much more introverted, shy person until I had to sell for a living and a couple little tricks like asking questions. You know, I have a lot of people say like, you ask great questions. Like I learned it in sales and I'm genuinely curious. I want to know about things and people. 
But that's that's an easy way to fake it. Ask questions, get the conversation going, get them talking. They'll tell you. They'll tell you what you're looking right. for. You know, and and you're building rapport the whole conversation. So now they're more comfortable. And 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 you know, I just want to reiterate, like, don't be afraid to reach out of your comfort zone. Like like the job description, Britt, Right? Like I don't know. I, I remember somebody saying, like, man, if you got thirty percent of what they have listed in interview, like, don't feel Go for it. Because if I didn't, I'd never interview for anything because they are looking for those unicorns, AJ, right? Like $61,000 right. triple CCIE required. You know, you'll see that stuff. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Ten years of yeah, but reach beyond your comfort <laughs> yeah. level, right? If, if, if they have... How long till that's not a joke anymore? <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you can right. learn everything in the CCNA blueprint, you can learn whatever technology stack you don't have experience in. And if you find a place that'll give you that shot, they like you, you're personable, maybe you have a, you know... Maybe you have a, you can communicate, maybe you have a blog, all the stuff we've talked about over the years, right? But uh, somebody yeah, that'll yeah. give you a shot, you know, if you can learn BGP, you can learn another protocol. If you can learn, it, it's all transferable, right? Once, which I think is why the CCNA is such a great barometer. If you can get through that <laughs> and learn all that stuff, you can probably learn whatever technology stack is in there. You know, we can teach a cloud. We just need to give you some time or, or automate, you know, whatever it might be. So just reach, don't, don't put... Don't put limits on yourself. You know what I mean? Reach, reach beyond right. your comfort level. And, but yeah, man, this, this has been really great. I hope, I hope people get some, some help out of this. I know. I hope it, I've said anything of you. Oh, it's been fantastic. Brittany, Brittany. are you this kidding? Was, oh yeah. This, yeah. Has, been a, this has been an awesome conversation. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I, I do want to, well, thank you guys too. I do want to take a minute uh, and plug a video series that Brittany and I have been working mm. on. Uh, Dan is editing it and it will be released soon. It's called Career Bits with Brit. Hey. And Brittany and I talk about all these different parts of, you know, preparing your resume, getting ready for an interview, uh, and the value, you know, certifications and stuff bring. We're touching on a lot of different topics. They're going to be nice bite-sized consumable videos and we're going to release them exclusively on our youtube channel so you can look for that very soon i promise don't do a salary so, negotiation thank you so much or nobody will watch this no no we'll send people <laughs> right back here <laughs> we'll send people right back here to this episode uh for for that one for that one so yeah, we need to get on those again, actually. Yes, yes. Dan's, uh, he's he's working on the first five, and we're going to release those. But I think we're going to do like the first three all at once to really show people what we're doing, and then we're going to release the rest uh, in a, like every two weeks or something like that. And then while, while that's happening, you and I will record some more and finish up that series. Okay. I'm excited. That sounds Is great. This yeah, hopefully. I, I always feel like when I talk, it's like, that made no oh, sense. Oh, no, it's been great. Uh, it's been fantastic. It's the feeling I have at the end of each one of these shows we do about myself. I'm like, oh, God, what have I done again? Like, well, Andy, I can't say the same for you. <laughs> Um, I, I want to say thank you to our Patreons for joining us tonight. Uh, it's always great to chat with them while we record these episodes. If you want to join us and chat with us and ask questions of our guests and just be a part of the fun, you can go to patreon.com forward slash art of net and you too can be a part of the fun. Uh, we hope to see you in the chat and not join super late when we're wrapping stuff up. Thanks, Chris. for being here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, big thanks to our guests, Brittany and Tim. Thank you so much for joining us. I don't feel like this conversation's done. I'm sure we're going to be back here doing this again. If you want to have more conversations so, uh, like this, the Discord Thanks, server is where this started and it's it, absolutely and it wound up here. So, yeah. you know, get involved in a community and start having these conversations. And we have an awesome one if you want to hop in there. And like I, I want to reiterate, reach out to any one of us. I, we'll be happy to help you with 
any of this stuff, including, you know, salary negotiation. We want to help. Yep. Interviews, resumes, all that fun stuff. We've been there. We've done that. Happy to share our experience. I've just now seen all 80 <laughs> messages. I'm sorry. I was monitoring. It's a party for the Patreons. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll see you back next week on another episode of the Art of Network Engineering podcast. Hey, y'all. This is Lexi. If you vibe with what you heard us talking about today, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcatcher. Also, go ahead and hit that bell icon to make sure you're notified of all our future episodes right when they come out. If you want to hear what we're talking about when we're not on the podcast, you can totally follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Art of NetEng. That's Art of N-E-T-E-N-G. You can also find a bunch more info about us and the podcast at artofnetworkengineering.com. Thanks for listening.